Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Season eight is a compilation around how to market to people and the importance of how we do that as buyers shift from meeting sales and marketers to tell them what and how to buy to giving the buyers the autonomy to make their own decisions. I know marketers, we got to relinquish control. It's so hard, but that's where the world is going and we got to get on board. And the beauty about season eight is it actually shows seven to eight marketers who are actually doing it. And you can too. And here are some fancy ways of going about it. For this episode, I had the opportunity to chat with David Mundy. David and I chatted a few months ago when he was working at Rapid7, which was formerly Divi Cloud. I, uh, I literally asked David one question. I asked him my very first question and our whole episode sits there because he's got an amazing story to tell. And one I think we can all relate to, uh, at least most of us who didn't really set out to be marketers and our journeys just led us there. And that's similar to David. And in our conversation and where our conversation leads is around the importance of marketing and how he believes that a company has two pillars, the build and the marketing. You got to build it and then you got to market it. And, uh, his, his vision of this is really beautiful and it still encompasses all the other things you need to make a company run. He's not saying to get rid of everything else. He's just saying that if you can organize your company in this way, everything else will flow through. It's an interesting concept and I'm really curious to hear what you all think. Uh, I love this conversation with David. I loved his story. And I can't wait to share it with y'all. So let's get to it. Hello, David. Thank you for joining me on Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Well, hello. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm very excited to have you and for our conversation because we're going to stir the pot and those are my favorite conversations (laughs) ever. But before we get there, why don't you tell our listeners about your story? What do you do, David? And how did you get there? Yeah, um, I don't think it's uh, too complicated of a story, though. Uh, you know, I've been told different, I guess. Uh, it's, it's nuanced, maybe. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I'll take back to just, uh, you know, early decisions, which some call mature. I just more call, uh, you know, I wasn't ready. Uh, for college, right? That's where I'll start. Um, I graduated college around 25, 26. When I graduated high school, I was about 17 years old. Uh, and somewhere deep down inside of me, I knew I wasn't what um, wasn't wasn't ready to, to to take that level of learning and that that next step seriously. So in that time between uh, high school and and I took you know a couple classes here and there at a community college to keep my you know mind as fresh as I could, but uh, you know I wasn't I wasn't diving headfirst into the, the college lifestyle yet. Um, but you know I did I did work at uh, various jobs you know um, and one of the jobs I worked at for about a year and a half two years was at a friend's uh, company's uh, this small this small construction company a friend's parents' company it was a small construction company. And uh, I got into marketing 
um, and uh, general general stuff at first, right? Um, you know, everything from from creating like flyers and, and, and neighborhoods uh, promotions to going to you know local businesses and creating partnerships uh, and working with them in that capacity. But um, you know what resonated throughout the span of my career. It's what that was about 16, 17 years ago. Oh God, so many, <laughs> so many white hairs ago. But um, <clears throat> what uh, you know is 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 the messaging and the theme and the framing and the, the customer outcomes, right? And, and and the way we would try to 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 frame that messaging, even for this you know small construction company um, to to like you, you know local local customers, right? In the in the in the area, the regional customers. And framing that, you know, even 16 years ago, framing the, the messaging so that it would be, so we could explain in a way that what we were offering and our services would been how it would benefit the, uh, how it would benefit the customer. And, you know, that's relevant today in what we do, you know, working for, and currently today, just to speed up, I, I work for a, uh, um, a security company and I'm, I'm focused on the cloud security side. And, you know, we're still figuring out how do we, how do we create, you know, these campaign themes, these, these messagings, these frameworks, so we can, we can really push our, the, the messaging and the value proposition of our products in a way that resonates with the customers and explains to them the value they'll get, as opposed to just saying, you know, hey, we do X uh, and you should just like us because Y. Small construction company uh, gave me a little bit of maturity having a, you know, I don't want to, you know, having a job of that caliber, right? Working for a company. Uh, and I was about ready to head back into uh, college and take it seriously. And I wanted to further my education. I didn't think I could do it on my own. Um, went to college, graduated around 25, 26 with a focus in, uh, or in, in business with a focus in marketing. Uh, at one point, I wanted to do commercials, you know, uh, <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't actualized that. Um, but you know, I remember seeing some of the Super Bowl commercials and just thinking in my head, like, man, I could do a better job. Um, I don't, know, I, I don't know if I could do a better job nowadays, but, um, it was, a it was somewhat of a dream there, but, um, I, uh, so from there, you know, college and my first job was at inside higher ed. Um, and the woman who hired me, uh, Kathleen Collins, whom I still, uh, talk to and have lunch with on occasion today, um, Took me in, so to speak, uh, showed me the ropes uh, of marketing. We were in higher education news for uh, if you if for those who aren't familiar. And, you know, social media was a blossoming tool at that point. And, uh, you know, the, the business model is around, you know, a job board and advertisements. Um, but it's inside higher, it's higher education news. So we had a, a plethora of content. Um, obviously, uh, that we were using. And this was before, like, you know, HubSpot whether or not they coined it, but HubSpot really amped up the, the inbound methodology, mm -hmm. the, the, the content framework, the content selling. And it was just, again, you know, fortuitous, a very, you know, lucky position is that our marketing stemmed off of content because we were content generating. So it was the first, you know, touch I got with uh, really pushing content as the marketing, you know, ploys, the marketing schemes, the marketing strategy in order to get uh, buyers to, 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 you know, get into the advertising and then, you know, job markets to get on our job boards. Um, so that was the, that was the first foray into that from there. Uh, and then I helped uh, establish and build up uh, a bit of that marketing department from there. I moved into GuideStar, which is nonprofit. Um, and it is a, a it was, uh, they've since merged with, uh, with another nonprofit called the foundation center, but uh, they were the biggest uh, repository for nonprofit data. Um, and 
Yeah, well, let me, if I step back a bit, um, in college, I didn't want to, when I was, when I was graduating college, I wanted to avoid in my head, I had complexes probably galore, but I wanted to avoid, uh, being a cog in a, in a corporate wheel. And I also, you know, did not think I was ready to do that, right. Work for one of these, you know, major corporations or even like a Booz Allen or Accenture in any kind of marketing department there. Um, I'm a DC native, so Booz Allen and Accenture everywhere, uh, as they are everywhere around the world, actually. But uh, you know, I just wasn't ready. And I thought because I worked in that construction company early on and how complicated it was to market uh, locally. And I had friends that were in marketing for bigger companies. And I remember just like going, comparing notes and it was in, in a crazy way. It's easier to market nationally, um, you, you know, a more general product than it is, or at least at that time than it was to market locally. And, you know, you're talking $10,000 for a full yellow page uh, ad at the time, or the amount of money it costs to get these leaflets, um, you know, or flyers produced. And then the man hours it took either hiring or, you know, to pass them out or to go, you know, business to business, just to even get in the door to have a conversation to begin your, the marketing. And it was just overly complex. So I had this thought in my head. I was like, man, if I can market in these niche markets, these smaller markets, uh, I feel like I'll be able to market anywhere. Again, uh, the the results are still out on that one, <laughs> but um, you know, and that's kind of the path I led. So I went into the uh, and I you know constructed. So as I went on my interviews and higher education popped up, I was fortunate enough to have a couple uh, opportunities. And uh, Kathleen again was amazing, just to step back into inside higher ed. And I was like, yeah, that's where I need to be. And so I went and worked for her in higher education, um, rolled that out. It was a lucky situation. It was pretty awesome. Moved from there into Guide, uh, GuideStar. And this is what really, and I was at GuideStar for around five years. And this was what really expanded my marketing knowledge across many different levels. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the marketing team had pretty much imploded by the time I got there. So it was just uh, me and my boss, Usma. Uh, and she was also amazing, um, you know, as, as especially for someone like myself who was starting off in the marketing world uh, or had only been in it for a couple of years at that point. So, um, you know, we, we general marketing there, right? Uh, emails, getting the word out. We had an uh, uh, e-commerce solution that was kind of just sitting there. And I took it on uh, with, with uh, a few folks and we took it on and we turned this e-commerce solution. And if you recall, uh, I said GuideStar is a nonprofit um, repository. So data, right? And different levels of reports. Um, and so we sold this, we sold this data in varying levels and varying reports of various levels. And we used this e-commerce functionality and we turned this, you know, nonprofit uh, or helped turn this nonprofit into a a, you know, really a for-profit business model and really got the uh, e-commerce engine churning. And it took a lot of different, um, you know, parts of the marketing cycle to get this e-commerce, uh, um, you know, get the e-commerce engine rolling. And e-commerce was a thing uh, at that point in time, right? But it wasn't like, it wasn't the end-all be-all that it is today, right? It wasn't like the, it wasn't, it wasn't everything that it is. Like Amazon was established uh, and I copied pretty much everything they did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, why reinvent the wheel? I mean, exactly, right? Dialed in. <laughs> I got to watch the battle between Shopify and uh, Amazon in real time too. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and I copied pretty much everything Amazon did or what we're doing and just applied that, you know, or, you know, changed or optimized for our uh, business, our, our business uh, strategy. And just applied that. And that was, you know, website optimization, um, telling the right story, uh, you know, using tools like visual website optimizer to, to you know, show how, how people were interacting with our site, what messaging was resonating with them. How could we get them to convert? 
Um, you know, how do we frame the specific reports or products, if you will, um, in that it resonates with people in that they're more likely to convert. Um, and I got to watch all that and it was written that. So not even just e-commerce and the website optimization, but then moving really into data being data driven. Right. And that was, mm -hmm. that was the, the data driven facet there. It was like, how do we take this data and apply strategy to it? Um, you know, if my conversion rate is, is 13%, you know, arbitrary and if 13% and I need it to be 20% to hit whatever the OKR, the objectives and key results are right there or, or our KPIs, um, uh, more so, you know, what, 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 how do we do that with this data? What's the data telling us? Well, we have this traffic data when, you know, weeding through the vanity metrics, right. And then you get into like, well, we have this traffic data. We have the conversion rate data here. We have the number of, uh, visitors we have to these sites and to these pages, um, we're starting to get information about, you know, what's making them convert, you know, and then general, and then, you know, adding in some like surveys or customer conversations, um, and then starting to work, uh, and get knowledge with, you know, product teams and, uh, sales. And we started to make that thing happen and e-commerce was successful. Um, and, and we turned it into a, a, a high revenue generating machine. From there, I moved into the demand generation space. You know, the, the company, I guess, had seen the success we had had with e-commerce and we needed to kind of bridge that relationship between sales and marketing now, right? And sales was selling our APIs and our hosted solutions. And now this is my first foray into, you know, loosely anyway, into, into tech, into the tech world. I started going to, uh, we our home office was in Williamsburg, Virginia at the time. So, and I'm again in DC. So we started driving down to Williamsburg once a quarter. And then I started meeting with the, the, the IT teams, right? The technology teams and going to their sprint plannings. And I started meeting with the sales teams as well. For everybody building... listening, I just want you to make sure oh, you're sorry. paying attention because this is where <laughs> it's all going to come together. So keep going, David, but this is, this is where the magic starts to happen when he starts to work with these other teams and it's going to lead nicely into our conversation. So I just want to make sure everybody's with us because yeah, yeah keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, and I don't know if anyone's uh, ever told you, but these IT folks are pretty smart. Yeah. Um, they do, they do, they, yeah, they do things uh, rather well, right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot about uh, optimization. So I got and to doing it them. right the first time. So they, yeah. they don't ever have to go back and do it again. Exactly. Um, Interestingly enough, that's a uh, part of the value proposition of what my company now does uh, for for IT and, and the security teams. Anyway, I won't I won't I won't bore you with that yet. Um, so I started seeing that you know as I was going, the sales team you know uh, was in Williamsburg as well. So and uh, just to back up a step, and obviously it was the 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 center of our IT team as well. So I started going to these sprint plannings. Uh, I started going to the sales meetings, and I started building relationships with the sales um, and you know asking. How are we going to make this thing work? Like, how can I help you? Um, what can we do? Right. And I'm, you know, basically being frank, it's like, look, I'm new to this. Uh, we had success digitally where it didn't take much sales uh, impact to help us do the e-commerce, which isn't hundred percent true. Right. Because I would right. go to them for, 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 for messaging purposes, right. They're, they're on the, they're the tip of the spear. They were on the, the, the front lines of the marketplace. So I was like, you know, where better to get my information on what the customers are doing. Uh, and we didn't have a, a truly evolved customer success team at that time. So it was like, where else can I get my information, but working with sales and going to the sales folks. Um, but the dynamic then that switched, what I was referring to was now I'm going to help them sell APIs and hosted solutions, right? Things that you can't sell on e-commerce that have to be sales, sales focused um, or sales sold, right? Sales led. 
and then more of a B2B motion, right? Even though our reports are going into different businesses, it really had that B2C, that business to customer feel. Um, so now I'm getting into the B2B motion with the, you know, API social solutions, uh, some of the technology, the higher level technology, the more costly technology products we're selling uh, with multiple seats, et cetera. Um, and then, you know, and, and again, just a long story short, forming that relationship with them, building them and working with them to help establish this, this, this relationship in which we created this overlaying marketing funnel of, all right, well, you know, we need to, to attract and, and engage, um, you know, uh, uh, this audience, we, we need the, uh, uh, essentially we need the brand, uh, brand awareness, right. Then we need to get down into the marketing intelligence. And then we need to get down into like the customer advocacy and partner engagement and sales engagement. And we need to get them into the, you know, top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel down into ultimately what's the sales pi pipeline and what does that look like? Um, and that's kind of, and, and that's kind of, uh, uh, what led into me being in attending also the, the, um, sprint plannings, right? So now I started to work with the, the IT team sprint planning. So now I started to see how they operated because I was like, you know, it's a lot of work. We didn't have a team at the time or a big team at the time and we were slowly growing. And I'm like, how do you really just, you know, for a lack of a better word, how do you do all this work? Yeah. Like, how does this work happen? Um, and like, how do you get everything done and how do you, how do you prioritize everything and how do you have accountability for specific folks? And how do you, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you really like operationalize this? Right. Have so you we heard, have, have you heard of agile up till this point? Like, have you, no, 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 I had not. This I had is not. all whole new world for you. Completely, completely brand new at the time. Right. And this is, you know, about 10 years ago, uh, at this point, give or take. Um, so this is, this is completely new for me. And I'm like, man, it's like prioritizing even when you have kind of a more, I don't want to say linear, but for lack of a better word, focus when I'm dealing with the e-commerce worlds, um, it's really like optimizing your, your web strategy, your digital outreach strategy, your brand awareness strategy, right? How do you get people in that top of funnel from a digital marketing side? And then you have just full amounts of data, right? And if you're doing it correctly, in my opinion, you, you have all this data that you can use and you can always be optimizing. And that's kind of your path, right? Always optimizing and using the different channels. Well, in the sales, you know, in the in the in the more B two B sales, you know, demand gen world, you don't always have that data, right? That's not always coming in, um, and not, at and, least not so much of it that it's easy to yes. make those quick decisions. It takes a lot longer to see enough data to then be like, okay, we can tweak here or there. We can go make this pivot or whatever. But yeah, you need a lot more data, a lot yeah. more time to get enough data. Spot on, spot on, uh, absolutely. Um, and then so. I'm working with, I'm, I'm trying to see what's coming up on the, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm like going to the IT meetings. I'm like, what, what products are being built, you know, or what products are being optimized that we currently have, what reports, what's coming down. And I'm not even paying attention to what, to what the hell they're talking about. Right. As far as the products, I'm so amazed because I'm watching and I'm like learning about what Kanban boards are. And I've always say that wrong, right. All these years, Kanban, Kanban. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm always, uh, but I'm watching, I'm watching them use these things and I'm watching them use these, uh, you know, what, what look like poker cards and their scorecards and they're rating like projects and how long they think they'll take. And they're measuring all this and they're pushing it all on these, uh, these different, uh, Kanban boards. And this was manual too. They weren't using like Trello at the time or any, you know, right, Asana right, right. Or any tools. so this is, you know, actually whiteboarding it, <laughs> like many whiteboarding, you know, many whiteboards around the room and whiteboarding this or the conference room and, and whiteboarding the sucker out. And um, I'm just mesmerized by this, right? This, this, this planning process that they have. This, as you, as you said, the, I try to avoid buzzwords as much as I can, but I can't help it, right? I'm, I'm going to say pivot like 13 times. But uh, <laughs> say, uh, 
but really like, yeah. And watching this like agile process, like unfold before me. And I'm like, man, you guys just mapped out an entire quarter of everything that, and this IT team, I think at the time was, I'll probably get yelled at by, I still am in communication with a few of them, but I'll probably get yelled at by some of them, but let's just say 50, right? 50 people, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but around 50 people in this, uh, the, the, the IT team and, uh, or the technology team, sorry. And it's just like, how in the like everybody now has their their roles their responsibilities and they use the rasky the rasky model tool uh too so you know responsible uh, who's accountable support consult inform etc and everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing over the next three months um they have story points for how long so now when i'm like i had a few things to add which is ultimately why i went down there like i wanted to optimize a few of the the reports the products some of the stuff on the website etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and I got so that got implemented in there and how many what the story points were exactly when it was going to be delivered. There's always delays, but they even factored in margins of error and that and that like, you know, margins of error in that capacity and buffered by like five, 10 percent. So it's like, hey, it might be done on, you know, uh, May 1st, but, you know, we're adding a bit padding. So between May 1st and May 10th. And I'm like, wow, like this is insane. How does marketing do this? Um, and luckily at that time, there were some resources for applying uh, the agile methodology into uh, marketing planning. Yeah, um, we've done it. Yeah, yep. we use it too. Yeah, yeah that's all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, new to me, right? 10 years ago, brand new to me. And yeah. uh, at that time, yeah, and at that time, there were some resources. So I started looking into it and I started talking to some of our uh, technology directors. And I was like, man, how can I adapt this? Right. I don't need all the bells and whistles. Right. I don't need everything. But I need like, you know, being able to map this out Kanban style and being able to apply this, uh, the, the Rasky model and, and using this uh, weighted shortest job uh, first framework. Um, to allow us to really scope, uh, scale, and prioritize what we need to focus on versus like our wish list versus what might not be as important. How do I do this? Um, and I built out this like WSJF model, right? Way to shortest job first model, and then apply and overlaid that on top of uh, all the other, you know, every other buzzword I just threw at you uh, with Kanban and all that. Um, and then uh, I overlaid that, and we and we started not only like optimizing the. I think I had a team of like three at this point. Uh, or there was a team of three at this point. And it really, then we started really uh, not only like optimizing our workflow and figuring out what we were going to work on. Um, and then I actually started building this out with my colleague Gabe um, and GuideStar as well. But we also started seeing the gaps of where we needed to hire, right? Where, where were we inefficient? Uh, where could we not do the work? Or where were we going to lag behind? Um, and it just like opened our, how do we fit in our, all of our e-commerce and digital work? How do we, you know, overlay that into this, you know, essentially demand generation, B2B sales, uh, sales connectivity work that we're doing, sales alignment work that we're doing at the same time. Uh, how do we incorporate the different buyer personas in the different uh, markets, you know, mid-market uh, companies, large markets, uh, we're selling into foundations, we're selling into nonprofits, we're selling into higher education, we're selling into uh, corporations, we're selling into consultancies, government, et cetera. How do we map all of this and then apply all the different products to that and then focus on where and how the market, and it all kind of came together. And eventually we hired a team and got to a team of about 12, you know, 10 to 12. Um, and it started working, you know, and it started working like clockwork and we started mapping it all out and the sales and, uh, and I won't bore you with any more of the details, but the sales and the marketing organization started working together and started clicking. 
with with you know the the problems that always comes with sales and marketing um but you know easily easily fixable and relationships have been established and built and there was trust there on both sides right where there was none before so over you know non-insurmountable issues uh things we can e easily overcome and hop up on a conversation with right uh you know we don't have leads in my region we don't have leads in my region i feel like that's what i've heard my entire career uh so trying to figure out that and help them with those problems but um and then using some of the stuff we've done in the digital side to really help position and brand uh, some of these products and these resources, and then take that top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom of funnel approach and overlay that funnel into our entire process, right? Both on the e-commerce side and the sales side. And now you're looking at like, PR and social AR and live and live events and content, uh, content strategy and advertising that we're doing top of funnel. And that really like we bifurcated it a bit uh, into like our, our, our e-commerce strategy and our sales strategy. But it then bled down into like middle of funnel. And, you know, that was like our, our more in-depth content, like, uh, you know, getting out of the thought leadership into the uh, more like what, what value can our product bring, um, you know, uh, kind of kind of solution. Right. And we started like I'm, I'm throwing a lot at you here. So, so feel no, 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 this is great. No, I'm totally following because we're also an agile company. And so oh, when I, yeah, yeah. I sit next to my I used to sit next to my husband, who's a developer. And so he. Yep he sort of introduced it to me. And then I was like, we have to read this book. And then we read it. And then we've totally, not totally adopted it. It's similar to you taking bits and pieces. And I've, and I have done podcasts on agile, which if awesome. we yeah. haven't already defined our topic, I would, that's where I would be sitting right now. Um, <laughs> but for anybody interested in how to do agile marketing, there is another podcast. I'll put it in the notes that y'all can go listen to with a lovely woman, Lisa Farrow, who awesome. is an agile expert when it comes to mapping it to marketing, not to say that you are not an expert, David, what you've done is incredible and I could totally unpack it for days. But I think what's interesting about what you're talking about and where you're leading is actually to the crux of our whole conversation, Yeah, which I'm just going to throw it out there because I think it's going to have this aha moment for listeners of when David and I met last week and we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. Uh, he said something that I was like, we're talking about that because it's really thought provoking and a, and a mind shift of how organizations are currently structured. Yes. We're going to talk about how organizations are structured, which I know as marketers, why on earth are we talking about this thing? Because what David said is marketing should be at the center of an organization. So let <laughs> that sink in for a second. Yes. Marketing should be at the center of an organization. And I think if we just take a step back and think about all the things that David just unrolled and unpacked for us, that starts to make a little bit of sense, but I think we need to start pulling it together a little bit now, David. So you as a single person have gone ahead and talked to the dev team, the tech team, the sales team, customers. Is there a customer, is there any other teams that you're at this point, at this point in GuideStar, yeah, we started uh, formatting a, a customer success team uh, and building a customer success team as well. And I, when I say we, not not my, not the marketing team at that point. It was, uh, 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 you know, the the powers that be at the company right. building the customer success team. Yep. And product team. Yep, product team and product team had been formed, uh, but worked really in, in in close alignment with the uh, with the technology team. So, in terms of marketing sitting at the center. What do you mean by that? 
man, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for this from somebody. Um, <laughs> so I'll build it. I'll, I'll, I'll build it out a little bit. So it was at this time at GuideStar where I started to understand, right? Remember marketing wasn't necessarily a new function at GuideStar, but it was a, it was an underappreciated uh, function at first, not intentionally by anybody, yeah, just yeah, yeah. as far as business alignment went, it was underappreciated, but I started to realize with everything that was work going on, Right. And, you know, some of the failures that I had been in companies I had been a part of with products that they had built or, or brought newly to the market um, and, and watching, you know, those products fail, um, you know, as as marketing and even, you know, sales and some some aspects were coming in like behind the product being built. And with that, the data and the information that was coming in behind the product being built. I started to come to this realization and, uh, you know, I had a lot of conversations. I don't think it's too unique, right? I mean, I've, I've had com- many conversations and I've seen, uh, you know, articles about similar conversations, but I started to see like, there really are, in my opinion, two pillars of every and any organization. And funny enough, you'd have people like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, uh, you know, not to ever, not even to associate myself with them in any capacity, but they would argue against this. I feel like they devalue marketing uh, <laughs> from what I've read, even though they themselves are marketable and, you know, became their own marketers. Um, but, you know, the two pillars of any organization, in my opinion, like the beginning two foundational elements of an organization are build and marketing right? You have, you have the building of the product and or service, and then you have the marketing of that, right? right? So when you look at like the build, right, you're literally talking about that, that product or service development, like what's that idea? And just imagine you're a startup, right? And just, you have this, you have this brilliant idea. Um, and let's, you know, however it came, like whatever the epiphany was, uh, and whenever it happened, even if it was a gradual like realization, you're, you're like, all right, I got to build, I'm going to build this product, right? I'm going to build the service. I'm going to build this service or I'm going to build this product because people need this, right? Well, that's you, now you get into the value proposition, right? And then you're getting into the value proposition of why you need to build this product or why you need to do this service or why you need to help these people. And that's the actual like marketing of it, right? right. So then now, now you're getting into like, all right, well, do I have, is this product important, right? Do I need to build this to help people? Is this service going to uh, optimize some, you know, some, 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 area of people's lives. Um, what is the value proposition? Is it different than what's already out there? Like, do I have differentiators? Uh, is that market already inundated with what I'm trying to offer? And that's where all the marketing comes in, right? And then marketing, and I, I feel like I'm telling you that, you know, an expert in marketing, it's, uh, you know, Paul, and if there's any redundancies, just tell me to shut up. Uh, but, you know, marketing in this kind of, like in, in general context is, is well, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? I mean, uh, right. So <laughs> look back is, at our careers. All right. So this is totally the David Mundy show. Yeah. So this is about what you see it as, which oh. I think is great because oh. we're gonna we're gonna make you know. I think that's what's so beautiful about shows like this is yes, you're talking to your peers, yep. but you see it so differently than other people see it. And maybe some people will agree with you, and some people have these moments of oh, I didn't think about it that way. So you keep doing you in terms of how you want to define yep. you know how you define marketing from your space when you're talking about that startup and from this bare bones perspective, a lot of the times, especially for what we're doing when we're working with these tech companies that are pretty established at this point, we don't get that Mm -hmm. on the ground point of view. We come in later when a lot of this is already established. So I think it's helpful to think about it from two pillars. And I was thinking while you were talking too, I was like, is it, is the two pillars build and marketing or or is it build and sales? And I think I came to the conclusion that I'm with you that it's marketing, but I, I wonder if some people are going to question of 
I think it has to be marketing because marketing is building while the tech is happening for the back end of how a product works, you need that front end, which is the marketing piece, that website, that user experience, how you're talking to the customer, right? You need all that before you bring in sales to then go sell it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It is. Yeah. I think it is those two pillars. And so yeah. you have you have these two pillars. You have the build, the, the people building the team, the value proposition of why they're building this thing to begin with, which then brings in the marketing team of which is basically usually a one-man show at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that single marketer who's going to figure out how to uh, build all this messaging and the brand positioning and everything and take it to market. Um, you know, but when you start to scale and you start to get to that point where the shift in the universe happens and all of a sudden you start to add people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And more and more and different teams, right? So I, I had a question for you on this of like, because you have you have been in that startup sort of world and then grown mm-hmm. those teams. You mentioned that in your story, and so when you start to build that marketing team, the, the beauty of agile, I heard you say it, is you start to uncover those people you need. And those people you need are they always marketers? Like, okay, I need a content person. Okay, I need a social person. Okay, or or is it when you start to think about it from an agile lens? Is it is it different where it's not so singularity like when you're talking about that startup world you're talking about the fact that you might bring in people who are multiple hats yeah and in a, a lot of different capacities too right um so look you, real fast touched on startup and you're giving me a creative license here which is dangerous uh <laughs> absolutely dangerous uh but i'll i'll try to walk it well I'll, I'll try to walk it back and then forward to where we we're at so that. from guide star uh moved to a, a company called divi cloud and again, you know, single man, I've been very fortunate to work with some just brilliant, brilliant people and have had, you know, maybe unofficially, but had many mentors uh, and been able to walk in the footsteps of, of many brilliant people ahead of me. Uh, so I've been very, very fortunate in that part of my career that I can honestly say I have not had a bad boss. Um, I've had actually rather remarkable bosses and I've been fortunate, uh, very fortunate in that factor. Uh, when I, and, you know, three and a half, four years ago, um, uh, uh, Chris, this, uh, a man by the name of Chris Hertz reached out to, um, my old CEO, Kathleen, right. From inside higher ed, mm-hmm. you're following along on the story, uh, and then, um, uh, needed somebody right to help him grow his and build his, the marketing team for this cloud security startup. He reached out, uh, she pointed him in my direction. He reached out to me. I had zero outside of witnessing GuideStar, uh, migrate to AWS, right. Migrate into the cloud. I had yeah. zero cloud experience. Um, and that, but that didn't stop him, right? He needed to build a marketing team. He had seen uh, or heard that I had been successful in doing that. Some of my ideals uh, around agile framework um, and uh, you know applying that on the the and being very process oriented in the growth and finding the the blind spots and being able to build to that capacity is is essentially what he was looking for. And uh, so you know after uh, you know a few conversations and meeting the team and going through that process, uh, I was brought on and just quickly. You know, I came in at that point, having been relatively successful, thinking I was, you know, having an ego uh, only to realize as smart as he was and, you know, the f- founders of the company and everybody else that I knew, pardon my language, but I knew shit. Uh, and it was like, a, and I'm in, now I'm in B2B uh, enterprise cloud security, um, the cloud security market, right? For B2B enterprises. And I know nothing. And I am back to being like a green rookie. 
um, and just under the under the weight of how intelligent the the people I was I, I was working with were. And it was a very humbling yet awesome experience. But I still got to apply and even see uh, some you know all a lot of the stuff that I had worked on previously. And I still got to kind of prove that you know budding theory of of you know the foundational elements of of, of company being built in marketing. And when it comes to like marketing, right, it's like, and again, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people and a lot of different companies, right? I think we can all agree on that, right? Um, and then you get into the granularities of like, what is ABM? What's a campaign? What's It's just so different, right? So nuanced. But I think we get you know, a general a general definition we can all agree on is marketing is the process of, of, of getting people interested in your, your company's, your organization's product or service. Yep. And and promoting that buy, promoting the buying or selling of that product or service or good or whatever, right? Okay. Um, so then, like back to that, like so builds and and marketing, and then like when you think about it, all right, so you know, how does that how does that apply? Like if I'm starting a company, how does that apply? What comes first, or do they happen? You know, and then you know, or, or at the same time, or and it's like I guess you would say the product ideation comes first, right? But the early stage, right? That epiphany stage. And I'm, again, I've not built a product, so I can't say it's just like one striking epiphany or that gradual realization or however it works, whatever the, the person's mind, you know, process is in, in, in developing that idea. But the early stages of, of marketing can and should come before the actual build, right? I mean, or, or at the very least in parallel, right? Yeah. You definitely, you definitely want to go and ask potential customers and you'd want to go investigate the market space and you'd want to go to where your audience and those potential potential customers are and you'd want to tell them about your idea right and you'd want to listen to their problems and you'd want to see if your solution is one that might fit and now you're sourcing it right now you're bringing that information and now you're getting people interested in your company's product or service if you circle back to my definition of what marketing is and that is before the build stage i mean because if you're building if you just have an idea and you start building and you're not doing any due diligence you're not getting any buy-in I mean, at that point, it's almost like you're going blind into the market and maybe that works for some people. Um, but I don't think that works like as a holistic strategy or as a general strategy. And that's where you get this like, all right, build and marketing come first. But then when you bring in up sales, well, that's where it becomes a little interesting. Um, I do think me personally, I, as marketing and build being the two pillars or the foundational elements of any, any, any company really, um, that sells, uh, especially in the startup world, but any company that begins, I do think sales, customer success, I mean, all of it, right? Every, every, everything else falls, a product, everything else falls under the build or marketing. marketing. All of it falls under those two pillars. However, and I, especially in the B2B, especially in the enterprise sales world, right? And I can only speak to, to what I know. Marketing does work for sales. Um, and that's a bit like, one, it took me a long time to come to terms with that. Uh, but um, um, just to play on that, that, that fun rivalry. But um, it, that we do, and I know it's a bit of a paradox to say that. And I really haven't mapped that out in my head as to what that, what that fully means. But, There's people who agree with you, though. I've done podcasts yeah. with where this was like literally the topic of, you know, flipping that, that relationship of, yep. you know, sales, sales has to go close the deal. So yep. you need to support them in whatever they need to go make that happen. So it is, exactly. um, it is, but it is by having a good relationship there mm-hmm. and building the right content for them and also making sure you're getting them the right leads. I know that's usually the crux of a marketing and sales riff, right? Like these leads are no good. And it's like, but it's exactly who you asked for, but they're not ready. Ah, you know, uh, 
And then but, getting more and more educated, you know, about, about who you're giving them and what, what yeah. kind of opportunities you're creating for them. And if they're not ready, all right, well, that's a good problem identifier. How the hell do we figure out when, you know, now we got the buyer, we have the segmentation, they raised their hand, they had, you know, in some capacity, they downloaded some form of content or, you know, some, some propensity to buy, you know, uh, signals that they, that they alerted on our end, but then sales comes back and says, well, yeah, but they're not ready, right? They're not, this isn't part of their buying cycle. Great. All right. Well, I mean, not great that, you know, that's not a good opportunity at this point, but great that now we know a problem and now we have a problem. And now we have that bilateral data relay between sales, right? Here's the opportunity for you sales. Uh, sales, this is great. I mean, they match a lot of the, the requirements, of course, the, a lot of the, the signifiers, but they're not matching uh, the, a lot of the qualifications, but they're not ready to buy. Not ready. All right. How do we as marketers figure that out? Like what kind of intelligence or how do we find that out? With that, that when we shop an opportunity that we're covering all the qualifications and we can bring in that signal of, all right, well, now we know that they're ready to buy in, their, in this position. And you can use things like, you know, general lead scoring or, or behavioral, uh, behavioral propensity to buy, right? Um, are they doing a lot of due diligence in your space, keywords, association, et cetera, looking at competitors. Um, but that's like, a, that's part of the, that's part of the whole, like, thought process and theory behind marketing working for sales is in, in it's B2B enterprise, we are on, we are behind the front lines, right? And the data we are getting, and it, it, if you believe, it depends on how fast you believe information moves and, and how quickly you need it. But I would say that we're getting information like on average, like what we're working on and able to actually, and, and able to actualize and build upon like content or anything, we're a month behind at minimum, right? And I mean, I take it as an example, like, People are, you know, and I'll, I'll do it in the cloud security space, right? Just say uh, uh, people are looking at, you know, really want like visibility into their multi-cloud infrastructure, right? And that's like what they're really looking at. All right. So we get that information. Well, now we have to build content on, uh, on it, right? We want to build a guide or a white paper or blog posts or videos, get customer testimonials or, or get interviews with SMEs, all that. Like, think about how long that takes, right? And you're, you're a month, even with agile planning and all that, you're talking a month minimum to get a full holistic, like, campaign, like you have your messaging, like uh, we'll, we'll give you your campaign theme, like we'll give you a uh, 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 unified visibility into your multi-cloud infrastructure. Um, and what are the messages or the support statements that go into that, right? How do we support and validate that messaging theme? And then what are all the programs that come underneath it? Well, you're talking like a month, two months, three months before we can actionize it or action it. Meanwhile, sales are sitting on the front lines, like, you know, where's our support? Where's our, where's our weapons? Where's our tools? Like, where's our, where's our supply chain? And that's why that, that relate, that's one, that's one of the reasons we work for sales. Like, you know, whether, love it or hate it. That's one of the reasons why. And um, to be honest, that's one of the reasons I think it's, it's an optimized process um, is that with everything that marketing generally has going on really great, unless you have the budget for a massive team, um, really acquiring that information from the front lines should come from your SE, should come from your sales team and then bring it back. And then the secondary part of that, and again, you know, as you and I have spoke about, we could probably riff on this for days, but, but uh, if you look at the funnel, right. Or, or I think there, there's a marketing sphere now as well, right. They're, they're, they're optimizing out of the funnel process. I still like the funnel though. I'm, I'm old school. So I'm still going to use the funnel, but uh, if you look at the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, right. You know, branding and awareness, education, consideration, you know, demo or conversion of some sort uh, down into, you know, qualified leads down into sales, qualified leads. Well, the funnel doesn't end at that, like, you know, that conversion part of when it gets into the sales pipeline, like that's not the end of marketing, right. And that by that sales pipeline actually attaches 
to the marketing funnel. So everything that we're doing and working towards is really to push into the sales pipeline and push into their world. And then instead of being leaders and you know the the the, the people that are are the propagators are in charge of, of making sure that funnel is working and making sure we're pulling leads at the various stages and nurturing them and converting them through the various stages uh, with you know messaging content, you know, different vehicles, different tools. Well, then once they get in the pipeline, we need to make sure that the sales, as we were to you know, circle back what I was just saying a couple minutes ago, has all the tools and all the resources and everything they need, right? The enablement piece of that for every single stage of the buying journey now when they're in the sales pipeline. And we need to be working with them to make sure that they have everything that they need. Uh, and if they don't, them going back to us and explaining very clearly, right? And, and, and being diligent about it that, hey, you know, we're seeing like, you know, everybody, I feel like there's different names of, of stages in everybody's sales pipeline. But for us, let's just say like discovery to business alignment, we're seeing like a, a, an extra month lag in, in converting people or qualifying people beyond the discovery stage into, into business alignment, um, you know, and coming to us and saying, well, you know, how can we, how can we, how can we like optimize that? How can we, how can we make that flow better? How can we reduce that time to business alignment? Well, great, because now we've identified a problem. And if you think about like a lot of the marketing work we do, especially in these B2B enterprise sales, problem identification is one of like the biggest areas of weakness, right? And it's like, yeah. we don't actually know where the, where are the blockers in the pipeline? Where are the blockers in the funnel? Are we converting people? Are we bringing people in the funnel? Are we converting them in the middle of funnel? Are we converting them into the bottom of funnel? Uh, are we getting them into the sales pipeline? And all of this conversation with sales and marketing really builds into, um, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm this crazy guy that's just shooting out theories out of nowhere that don't have, that don't make any sense to anybody. No, but it me. does because it almost but- <laughs> feels like it almost feels like instead of talking about marketing and sales as two different teams, it's they're the same team. Absolutely, you could almost rebrand it if you need to to get over that hump, right? Yep. Maybe it's not the sales and marketing team or marketing. Maybe it's like the the rev gen team. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Um, where you're all in the same you know, part of the same part of the organization working towards the same goal, supporting and, one another and making that happen. Yes. And that's why marketing, you know, and when, you know, it's hard to start, it's hard to speak to this to established companies or enterprise companies or, or commercial entities. Um, so just like take this focus from like startups, right. And, and, and from what I know and what, you know, my, my Divi cloud was acquired by uh, a mid-market company rapid seven last April. Uh, and that's been an awesome journey, journey, but I won't, I won't uh, go off on a tangent there, but it leads into my, so for the focus of startups, it leads into this, like, you know, the, the idea that marketing is at the center of an organization, right? And it really should be the central piece of every organization to the point where when I interview, um, or if I interview, I haven't been on an interview in a while, but when I interview, it's like, you know, how, how do you value, mar- how much do you value marketing? And that's not for I mean, it, it is in part for selfish reasons, right? Not selfish is the wrong word, but, you know, to see like, all right, you know, do you actually value this? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to have a seat at the table? But it's also like, where's your, what's your business orientation? Like, where are you focused? Where are you headed? Do you value marketing in the sense that you, it can be a driving force in your company? Because if not, then I don't know what you're doing. And it's like, you know, cause why is marketing at the center of the organization? Like, why is that like a, why, why is that valid? Like, why is that important? Well, like if you go back to like the early parts of our conversation, right? When you're developing your business idea and your strategy, right? Your, your strategy, your business idea. One of the first first thoughts should be is like, 
what can you do for your potential customers, right? So it's circling back to that, why they're the two pill two main pillars, but also why marketing is the center of the organization. Yeah, I'm probably biased, but strategy, <laughs> but, but strategy is, I don't have like a marketing banner I'm waving right now, or one of those big foam fingers, but uh, strategy, strategy is, is, is marketing, right? I mean, yeah. a business, if you think about it, right? Like business strategy is, is, it's, it's an outline or, or a, a roadmap of, of the actions and decisions that a company plans to take to reach its objectives, right? Or reach its goals. And, and, and that's what a business strategy is. And that's, you know, marketing is the process of getting people interested in, in, in your company's product or service, right? And then promoting that buying and creating that plan for, for getting people interested in promoting the buying. So, I mean, they really do overlay quite well. And if you look at, just look at where we are now, right? I mean, gone are those like traditional days that, you know, that we've seen, right? We, we worked in, but gone are those days like, you know, where, where you could just go out and acquire customers, right? That digital, oh, yeah. the digital age, right? Where we're at now, like the last 10, even 15 years has turned today's, today's consumers. And I would argue across B2C and the B2B, really all of them. And they're researchers now, right? They're, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're conducting, yeah, they're conducting these online searches, right? They're doing their due diligence. They're doing their comparisons for best products, right? The reviews, testimonials, case studies, et cetera. And, and marketing is the external framing, right? The messaging of your company's value propositions. So if something like, you know, 85% of customers, whatever, you know, arbitrary, you know, however serious you take statistics, but if something like 85% of customers are making their buying decisions before ever talking to a salesperson, then I ask, you know, I'll ask you, right? I'm not even rhetorically, like what, what, how would you not put marketing at the center of an organization in that capacity? I mean, like just to itemize it, you have 85% of customers making their buying decisions before ever talking to a salesperson, right? So that means they're doing all their research and due diligence online or through various sources, right? Peer-to-peer review, et cetera. Um, all consumers are researchers, right? You need to have, you know, in order to start your business and get your business going, you need to have business strategy, right? And an out in a business plan and an outline roadmap. And that really is just marketing, yeah. right? And then when you go back and circle all the way back to the two pillars or the foundational elements of any organization, build and marketing, when you build and you have that epiphany for that product, right? You're really developing the value proposition. And then the way you get the value proposition is to source that to pre-source that with, with the market, right. With, with, yeah. with potential customers and with, and that's how you build the flow. So that is a, a long, maybe crazy way for me to explain. Why that build and marketing better. are at the two pillars of any organization. <laughs> and if you don't feel like they are, they actually are, whether you believe it or not, it's, uh, yeah. is, is really the case you're making David, yeah. which I, you know, for all entrepreneurs who don't believe in marketing, guess what guys, you're a marketer. <laughs> you are. You just, in everything that you just said, David, in terms of how you have to go out and build that product and what you have to think about, you, you are thinking like a marketer. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, and one, first, it, it sounds a hell of a lot better when you say it than when I say it. Um, two, no, it's right on the money. And we're going to, we're going to end there. We could keep okay. going because we're really good at that. Yeah. Um, but we are, we are at time and mm. I do want to make sure we cover off on my three people first questions Absolutely. Um, because we are all people at the end of the day and it's nice to sort of pull back and remember that. So mm-hmm. just to recap our conversation, build a marketing at the center of organizations and everything stems from there in terms of how marketing works for everybody else and making it their jobs basically great mm-hmm. is what I heard you say Absolutely. In, in a heartbeat. If you want to learn more, uh, 
you know, about David and what he's up to and more about unpacking this idea and backing it up for you to take to your organizations and remap how your organizations are thinking, you can definitely find him on LinkedIn and I'll have all of his information in the show notes. David, three questions for you. You ready? Let's go. Have you picked up any hobbies in the last year? Oh man. Yes. All right. Can I, can I go out beyond a year into like the last two years? Yeah. All right. Chess. Chess, yes. chess. I know chess. Queen's Gambit. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. I mean, that's not why. I mean, I so I grew up playing. No, I mean, no, no, what, but what, let me let me just say, wow, right? I mean, who would have ever thought a show about chess was going to be one of the best shows I'd ever so seen? Um, which how did you get into it? So my uncle actually, when I was a kid, we played all the time. But I mean, so you know, I. I but there's massive gap between that, right? And uh, my uncle actually passed away about two years ago, and he was kind of like my father growing up. But um, not to get you know you know touchy or sentimental, but um, and just like when he's passing away, I swear, just like it was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna go on chess.com and let me play a little bit. Let me uh, let me see where I'm at, and it just became this like a, you know addiction, right? I start my days as when I can, I have two kids uh, and uh, just a phenomenal wife who, you know, admittedly does most of the work. Um, I try to fit in there though. Uh, but um, I try to start most of my days with, uh, um, uh, and so this is actually, you know, hobbies I've picked up as well um, now that we're on it, but I start my day with a run, you know, about a mile, mile and a half run. I hate running, but a mile and a half run. Um, I do uh, a light workout or like exercise afterwards. I meditate and I play a game of chess. I try to play at least three games of chess, chess a day, but the, 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 the exercise or the run uh, and, or the run, it gets kind of, you know, the, my blood pumping and start, it gets me awake and it gets me ready um, and ready to stare at a computer for, you know, nine hours in this COVID world we're in. Um, and then the, the meditation is the focus, right? And I really yeah. picked up uh, meditation over the last, really probably over COVID as well, like a, a, putting that as part of my scheme. And then like the mental acuity or just the sharpness that comes together is from that, the chess game. And like, and it's, it's hyper, hyper focus. Uh, and it just gets your, in my opinion, in my thoughts, it gets, it gets my mind ready to take on the challenges uh, of the day. I was thinking while you were talking today about how it felt like you were always three steps ahead of where you wanted of the thing you wanted to say. And now that you're saying that, like it almost felt like this chess. Anyway, we could talk about that all day. Um, second question for you. If you were in an office with your team and you're walking the floor and going desk to desk and seeing how people were doing, what song would you want playing overhead? Is this like just in general or like we're getting back into the office after COVID or just how you would feel? Like, what would you want the feeling to be? What song would you want playing? Ah, man. Um, I, I'm, again, I'm going to have, this is going to be impacted by like my bias of what I like, but I probably do Chris Stapleton's, uh, who I just love, uh, but uh, his song starting over. Oh. Um, and it's just this, like, I don't know if you want me to go in the reasoning behind it, but uh, it's just, you know, especially when you get back, you know, as everybody gets back into the office pre COVID or as everybody had to leave the office, um, um, or so as everybody had to leave the office pre-COVID, as everybody's getting back into the office, you know, post-COVID, whenever that happens, uh, the vaccination rollout. Um, it's just a great song, a great upbeat melody, and it really kind of spells it out, you know, if you if you apply some metaphor into the situation. Um, Love it. You know, when you get into that verse two, and it's like, might not be an easy time, and there's rivers that cross and hills to climb, some days we might fall apart, nights might feel cold and dark, but nobody wins is afraid of losing. The hard roads are the ones that worth choosing. 
and you know it's just and then if you just look at the whole the whole song as a whole it's really applicable to uh the team dynamic the organizational dynamic the coming together the the starting over but uh you know starting over whether it be business strategy whether it be you know the new the new dynamic for the work environments whether it was at home work for the last year plus uh or getting back into the office or you know i haven't even met for example like uh, any of the rapid seven folks or, you know, like the 30% new hires we made over the last uh, year. Um, so like starting over is like, we're starting a new, like we're, 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 kind of, we're kind of diving back into this thing uh, in a different way. Uh, so it's a pretty cool well, message. That will be on our Spotify list for anybody who wants to go, go check it out and, and get the vibes going. All right. Last question for you, David, if you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? That's a great, great, great question. Um, you know, I, 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 I traditionally, and because it's topical right now, traditionally, I would have answered that as, um, I would have answered that as in, in a few ways, right. I would have been like, ah, man, I want to go to, you know, the easy answer is I want to go lay on a beach somewhere, you know, in the tropics and, and not have any worries or concerns. Right. Um, which, you know, is always going to be a part of my answer. Um, I, as you know, as we've spoken about, uh, before, uh, I would love to go see, um, you know, some of where my family hails from in Scotland and UK. I've never been over there before. I, I, yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I would, I would, I would love to go over there. Um, but right now I think, and this is just me, um, I want to go where there are loads and loads of people that are having fun. Let's just call it a concert or a festival of some sort where everybody's happy and smiling and we don't have uh, to worry about, you know, you, you know, the, 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 we don't have to worry about COVID or a pandemic uh, getting ourselves sick or getting our relatives or loved ones sick where everybody can just enjoy, you know, being personable again. Oh, so not that. a specific location, but just more of like what I hope, what I aspire, what I hope happens yes. uh, relatively soon. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for joining me, David. This was, uh, I loved it. I loved every minute. I really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it as well. That was my conversation with David. Do you think marketing should be one of the two pillars of an organization? Do you believe if you build it, they will come or do you need to let people know it exists? Such a great conversation. Thank you, David, for joining me. David is now head of marketing at Acurix, a startup where he gets to wear all the hats again and build a new team from the ground up. And how exciting for David. I can't wait to keep following his journey. If you'd like to follow David's journey, be sure to check him out on LinkedIn. The link is in the show notes. Season eight is available. Be sure to check out all eight episodes. Next up is my conversation with Martina Truco, where we discuss the importance of leading with trust, which you can't be a human company without leading first with trust. Am I right? Let's uh, keep going and check out my conversation with Martina. Thank you for listening to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders, the podcast that helps brands get found via transparent, measurable digital marketing. I'm your host, Carrie Gard. And until next time, this episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our digital marketing agency of agile experts who specialize in SEO, digital advertising, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Gard, COO and co-founder of MKG, music mix and mastering done by Austin Ellis. And if you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply. <laughs>